This is Sparks and Wiry Cries, taking a modern look at classical song with Martha Guth and Erica Switzer. Welcome to Sparks and Wiry Cries. We're your hosts, Martha Guth and Erica Switzer. Today we're listening to composer Ricky Ian Gordon's piece, Green Sneakers, performed by the baritone who premiered the piece, Jesse Blumberg, and the Miami String Quartet. This was a recording released by Blue Griffin, and many thanks to them for using this recording today. Ricky Ian Gordon was born on May 15, 1956, in Oceanside, New York, and was raised on Long Island. After studying composition at Carnegie Mellon, he settled in New York City, where he quickly emerged as a leading writer of vocal music that spans art song, opera, and music theater. His songs have been performed or recorded by internationally renowned singers, people like Renee Fleming, Don Upshaw, Audra McDonald, Kristen Chenoweth, the late Lorraine Hunt Lieberson, Frederica von Stade, um, Andrea Markovici, Harlan Blackwell, many, many others, uh, including our own Jesse Blomberg, who is our performer today. Green Sneakers was written in 2008, and it's a theatrical song cycle for baritone, string quartet, and empty chair. The libretto is by the composer himself, and it was premiered July 15th of 2008 when Mr. Gordon was composer-in-residence at the Bravo Vale Valley Music Festival. Upon its premiere with baritone Jesse Blumberg and the Miami String Quartet, it was cited in Opera Today. It is amazing that in this, his first work for String Quartet, Gordon has perfected an idiom that goes to the edge of tonality to create a microcosm of pain and despair that has all the markings of a contemporary Gesamtkunstwerk. Erica, Gesamtkunstwerk? A total work of art, a complete work of art, where every aspect of it is controlled and created by one person, the composer. Cool. Indeed, at the premiere, members of the Miami String Quartet were no longer mere strings, but humanized voices that formed a seamless dramatic unity with Blumberg. With the repetition of Sleep Deer, the final words of Green Sneakers, one heard in Vale a distant echo of the Ewig that concludes Mahler's monumental Abschied. For this is a song of today's earth, a farewell lamentation that transcends death. When Ricky Ian Gordon was commissioned to write a piece for the festival in Vale, he remembered a set of poems that he had written following the death from HIV-AIDS of his longtime partner, Jeffrey Grossi, in 1996. He saw a new score taking shape on stage around an empty chair. We found a number of interesting quotes where Mr. Gordon speaks directly about his piece, Green Sneakers. About the title, he says, There was a day after Jeffrey's death when I was staring into our closet from the vast desolation of our bed. He says these sad little green sneakers suggested a text about the day we bought them together. It poured out of me and ended up a cycle of poems that tells the story of that day and the period after it, all the way up into Jeffrey's death. One of the most meaningful uh, aspects of this song cycle to me was the telling of the story in the first person, something that doesn't happen all too often in song repertoire. And... Ricky Ian Gordon says the following. I have questioned whether this was the right thing to do, to tell a story this baldly, and to expose myself and my life with Jeffrey this way. And my explanation is that after Jeffrey died, I sought solace in reading everything I could find about grief. I was grateful to those who were generous enough to reveal in great detail the ways in which they endured loss and bore their own tragedies. 
So maybe there is a sense of mission here. Perhaps others have gone through what I went through, and this might bring them some peace, identification, or understanding. When I spoke with Jesse Blumberg uh, this afternoon about the piece, he said that that was actually the, one of the biggest challenges of the piece um, was deciding, well, first of all, the honor that it was to take something that was literally autobiographical, but also trying to figure out whether he should, how, how to distance himself in a sense uh, in the performance and still make it seem as if he was the character. There was sort of, he was battling, I think, those two things. At any rate, uh, about the structure of the piece, Ricky Ian Gordon says that because of its intimacy, I approached the story in a classical way with a prologue, an epilogue and interludes throughout. That not only gives the listener time to think and reflect, but also gives the performer space to gear up for the next event. Even the use of a string quartet itself felt like a slightly distancing formal device. The piece lasts nearly an hour, and it has 14 free verse poems plus two instrumental sections. Stage direction was provided by Jonathan Solari. He describes the early rehearsals in Ricky Ian Gordon's New York apartment weeks before the premiere in Vail. We pushed the furniture aside and sat down with the music to develop a staging that peers into the soul of the narrator. Mr. Solari wanted the audience to have an image of Jeffrey in the vacant chair on stage, and for Jesse to interact with the string quartet. We're going to listen to the first four pieces of this piece, and we'd like to read for you the texts. The first piece is... uh, It's a prologue, which is just string quartet. And then the next three poems are this. If only someone could have told me, it will feel like the blink of an eye. You cannot afford the luxury of impatience. You'll regret it later, but then I probably wouldn't have listened. In particular, it was the pair of green sneakers, almost animate in this closet. More than the t-shirts, the carefully hung pants, even the sunflower gold, his favorite color, cashmere sweater, I bought him our first Christmas together. In particular, it is the pair of green sneakers from which light emits in his closet, more than the Buddha that casts a detached glance. Even the traveler's choice, he said, you'll need it, rolling suitcase he bought me our last Christmas together. He came to Houston for the opening night of the opera, the opera I wrote for him to help him die. He burst into tears when I met him at the airport. In two weeks, he had lost even more weight. He could see the shock in my eyes. We needed a cart to get him to the exit. In the parking lot, waiting for our ride, all the smokers lit up after the no-smoking lights. I tried to wave them and shoo them away, oblivious businessmen. Everyone becomes complicit when a weakened member of the flock becomes too vulnerable for the urban whirl. He started coughing and swallowing in that way he did the whole last year, wide-eyed, neck-craned like a baby bird. Performers Jesse Blumberg and the Miami String Quartet The first four movements of Green Sneakers by Ricky Ian Gordon.
flower gold, his favorite color, cashmere sweater. I bought him my first Christmas together. In particular, it is the pair of green sneakers from which light emits in his closet more than the Buddha that casts a detached glance, even the traveler's choice. He said you'll need it, rolling suitcase. He bought me on Ricky Ian Gordon compares Jesse Blumberg with veteran mezzo-soprano Frederica von Stade. 
Like her, Jessie has a quality that many great singers have, he says. It is the inability to sing a single note without imbuing it with his entire personality, his opinion about life. Each note screams with life and dances. Jesse also created the role of Connie Rivers in the world premiere of Ricky Ian Gordon's The Grapes of Wrath with the Minnesota Opera. Jesse has given song recitals all over the United States as a member of the Horn Foundation's artist roster and under the auspices of the Liederkranz Foundation and the National Federation of Music Clubs. He is also the founder and artistic director of the Five Boroughs Music Festival, whom we have featured on Sparks and Wiry Cries, a new concert series in New York City. Jesse joined the Mark Morris Dance Group for a tour of the United Kingdom, and he's premiered two important chamber works for baritone. Lisa Bialawa's The Lay of the Love and Death at Lincoln Center's Alice Tully Hall in 2006, and of course, Ricky Ian Gordon's Green Sneakers. I asked Jesse what he especially appreciates about Ricky's writing, and he said, Ricky respects natural emotions of the human voice. There is an organic element to his text setting. It just seems natural and real without any effort. The Miami String Quartet is made up of Ivan Chan, violin, Eugene Viola, Kathy Meng Robinson, violin, and Keith Robinson, cello. Um, they've been praised in the New York Times as having everything one wants in a quartet, a rich, precisely balanced sound, a broad coloristic palette, real unity of interpretive purpose, and seemingly unflagging energy. Highlights of recent seasons include performances in New York at Lincoln Center's Alice Tully Hall, the Kennedy Center, engagements in Boston, L.A., New Orleans, San Francisco, and its own concert series in Palm Beach, Florida. International highlights include appearances in Cologne, Istanbul, Lausanne, Montreal, Hong Kong, Taipei, Paris, and on and on. The quartet has recently toured with the Chamber Music Society of Lincoln Center, and they appear annually with the Philadelphia Chamber Music Society. They have an especial interest in new music, and it's led to a lot of commissions and premieres. And for the last several years, the quartet has served as resident ensemble at the Kent Blossom Music Festival in Ohio, as well as appearing at a number of the best music festivals throughout the United States. We will hear two more songs taken from the middle part of Green Sneakers, Stone Garden and Operas Come and Go. This, these are the poems. He was able to walk with me to the theater slowly we needed special seats, easy access to an exit if necessary. The cast, having never met him, and hearing that he was there, ascended from the dressing rooms and circled him like a stone garden. He cried, and they followed. Operas come and go, a few notes scratched onto paper in a fever of goodbye. As he wanted, at the end, I sang from it while I held him in my arms. My friend, now is the moment of death. The time has come for you to start out. You are going home. You are going home. You are going home. Ah. Uh -huh. 
performance contains the visual representation of the empty chair, uh, symbolizing, of course, Mr. Gordon's partner, Jeffrey, and I find that there are quite a few forays into this type of staging going on in contemporary song and even reconceptualizing older song cycles to have the added dimension of physicality. That's right. There's been a number of stagings of, of a Winterreise, of Dichterliebe, of this classic repertoire. And especially, I think, in, in North America, it's important for an audience, in a way, to, to be able to visualize something where the text isn't, isn't immediately understood. Absolutely. Um, I also feel like it's been uh, a real vital part of teaching in our conservatories as well because adding a physical element to any kind of performance loosens the body and in turn loosens uh, the voice yeah. in that way. Yes, absolutely. I think it also brings song into a new era of dimensionality that... Mm. Uh, and don't misunderstand me, I, f I find there to be plenty of depth to song repertoire. Mm -hmm. um, but in this world of intense media coverage and uh, operas with their grand stagings and all of that, song can seem very, very naked on the stage alone with a singer and piano. Yeah. And I think that these imaginations of song on stage are, come from a place of us living in a very, very colorful world. Yeah, one where you're looking at the cell phone at the same time as you're watching television and all For of that example. stuff. For yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, well, and, it, and this, in a sense, gives the audience... I often find that um, for somebody who's not initiated in song, th the main comment at the end of a concert is, it seemed a little bit stodgy or it seemed... Um, it was just hard to concentrate throughout all of that mm -hmm. when there was no movement. And if mm -hmm. you add that extra dimension of physicalizing what what you're singing about, suddenly there's new life breathe, breathed into it. And yeah. I think for the uninitiated, it, it, is, it is actually a very good way to bridge that gap. Mm -hmm. And I'm all for it. I think particularly in this piece where you have a string quartet on stage, you have the empty chair, and you have Jesse in this case um, singing, thinking the words of Ricky Ian Gordon, that it's a very appropriate time to have that movement, to have somebody pondering and able to move around on stage, going through the stages of grief. We are going to hear the last three songs, or we're going to hear three more songs, in fact, um, uh, and it will include the epilogue, the last piece. And in this piece, Jesse moves over to a piano to play a small introduction. Mr. Gordon writes about this, this introduces the epilogue. In the score, there are two versions. One is very easy, essentially for two fingers, which any singer could play. The strings come in softly under the piano and take over when the singer leaves the keyboard. There's the harder version, which is the one that Jesse bravely opted for. He played the introduction to the epilogue, which, if the singer had no piano skills, would be hard, but luckily with Jesse, you get everything. That's why I hope it is he who does many productions of this piece, because along with being a wonderful singer and artist, he is brave. These are the poems of Bonanza, Provincetown, and Epilogue Sleep. I gave them, the sneakers, along with bags and bags of things which at any given moment could evoke tears, rage, terror or utter confusion to a thrift shop which sells similar items left by those who had died similarly. He dressed beautifully and shopped copiously so that day for them was a bonanza. Provincetown. The breeze is warm. 
Tourists, like a swarm of bees, emerge from the tented rooms parading all their vanities. Roses, in profusion, rush up trellises to boast their ragged final blooms, parallel insanities. I am now the baby bird. I wander through the streets of Provincetown, a shell inside of which the sea can be heard. We have never seen a meadow together, never seen sheep. But sometimes when I watch you sleep, I see the great expanse, the archipelago, the Dolomites, the Himalayas, hung with snow. Do you know that we have made a universe of moments? A ferry ride we took across the rolling bay. The sunset glowed so bright it took our breath away. I sang to you and help you from the evening's chill. It resonates inside me now. It always will. A film we saw, a beach in France, all soaked with rain, my favorite kind, a brooding blend of love and pain. After which we danced across the urban plain, always I will see you through French movie rain. Geoffrey, not a night has fallen, not a star, that I was not reminded of how warm you are, warm you are in sleep and dear, without a trace of meadow or of sheep near. Sleep, dear. These are the last three songs, Bonanza, Provincetown, and the epilogue, Sleep. I gave them the sneakers along with bags and bags of things which had any Rented 
grooms parading all their vanities, roses in profusion rush up trellises to boast their ragged final blooms, parallel insanity.
Many thanks to Ricky Ian Gordon, Jesse Blumberg, and the Miami String Quartet for this incredibly moving music. Each of today's musicians have websites, and for more information, you can also go to sparksandwirecries.com, marthaguth.com, or ericaswitzer.com. Thanks also and always to our esteemed producer, Matthew Principe. You've been listening to Sparks and Wiry Cries. We're your hosts, Martha Guth and Erica Switzer. <laughs>